goes in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. Why are you so autistically lining up your booze? Like in a production line, like you're the Henry Ford of being a lush. It's like subtle. It was supposed to be subtle product placement, all right? This was me, like, starting an 18-point plan that ends with me getting $3 million from the Jim Beam bourbon company. Okay, what you've started is an 18-point plan, whereas you need a 30-step program. 12-step. <laughs> Ah, it's been yeah, a while. <laughs> what was the third eight step? Why did I have to give someone all my money and take my pants off? I don't know. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all been on that step. Don't you worry. Yeah. Oh my lordy! So, what is this? This is week two of uh, government confirmed aliens are, are real. Um, how's that life changing event going for you? It hasn't hey? changed. Nothing's hey? changed. Hey. Hasn't this been the biggest, like, anti-climax ever? Because people are always like, oh, man, once we get the truth, the truth is out there. And now we've got the truth, and the truth was kind of like... Yeah, that's because they didn't really say anything new. It was the same stuff. It was the Nimitz encounter. It was the pilots. Mind you, I find David Fravor and um, uh, Alex... Oh, God, what's her name? can't remember her name at the moment. I find them highly credible. Mm. But it's the same stuff. They're just talking about the Wilson memo. It's the Bob Lazar stuff. It's Mm. eh, nothing new. Yeah, but, you know, they're admitting it. Well, they're admitting... So here's the thing. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. But this – is it David Grush? There goes my sponsorship deal. Is it David Grush, whatever his name is, the, the whistleblower? So he's come forward. He hasn't really said anything new. He's basically mm. just said, I was refused access to all these things and people have told me this stuff. It's mm. literally nothing new. Mm. What makes it exciting is that apparently he was cleared mm. by the Pentagon to make this stuff and put it into a complaint. Mm-hmm. So he was cleared in saying that they aren't classified things, which doesn't necessarily mean they're real. It just means that these things aren't classified. So maybe they're not real. It'd be like, hey, can I talk about fairies in the milk? Not one of our programs. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I was just I guess I was just kind of hoping that like it would it would be like some Star Trek film that yeah. the Vulcans would land and we'd all be like, oh, and we suddenly all unionize and we get free universal health care and yeah. we all get to work from home in our pajamas and just robots would start jerking us off and just life would be grand. You are confusing UFO disclosure with socialism. What you want is socialism. Yeah, but that's what happens. That's yeah. well, Actually, no, it depends what aliens land. If it's like Vulcans, then it's like universal health care for everybody. If it's like xenomorphs, well, it's just more of the same, really. At risk of angering the Trekkies, the, the Vulcans weren't particularly nice. They were just like fiercely logical. Yeah. Basically. And what's the number one ingredient missing from politics in this country? Yeah, fair enough. In this world? But, you know, like a truly logical being probably won't support, you know, people who have no income. They'll just be like, well, let's just put them on the, the, you can fucking die on that planet planet. No, they're 100% for like... It was, no, it was Spock's half-human part that made him a compassionate Vulcan. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm 
not saying they're compassionate. Like they're not. You don't have to be compassionate to just feed everybody and be like, look, this system we've got is you fucking bullshit. No, we're like just this one percent has all of the resources, while the rest of the population has none. They wouldn't put up with that shit. No, they would divvy that shit up. And then what's worse is they would look at you judgingly. <laughs> I feel like you need, and this is not pre-planned. I feel like you need to hand me these two pills, one red and one blue. <laughs> <laughs> Which are show these to the camera because this is a very visual gag. These are two dog treats that you brought me here, which apparently are human food. Yes, well they aren't. Once you eat them, they but are. You, now you've got to do like Morpheus as if he was talking to a dog. You can go for walkies, <laughs> or we can stay home on the couch. What do you want to do? Which one? Okay, you want vulcanized socialism or <laughs> capitalist xenomorphs? <laughs> I'll have the vulcanized which socialism, is? which makes it sound like it's made from old Goodyear tires. <laughs> Which I'm cool with because I'm a gearhead. It's all about, see, they'll bring in recycling as well. What does, what does this say on it? Oh, Safe Pets, Safe Families. What a great charity. Yes, shout out there. They're a great group. What they do is they help uh, people who have pets and when they're fleeing. Because a lot of the times when you flee domestic violence or, or if you're, you're almost going to be homeless, a lot of places they're only human orientated mm. and they don't let you they don't have services for you to bring your pets, um, which is a huge... Uh, block that stops a lot of people from fleeing domestic violence because obviously they know the animals will be hurt injured killed abused so this way uh, they help people flee from domestic violence and keep uh, their animals bring your doggo or your cat i know or your turtle or your fish or you know whatever you have absolutely and if you don't have that overseas fine there's got to be um a charity like a local equivalent for sure yeah and if not start one well there you go you lazy piece of shit. Get out there and change the freaking world. That's what Vulcans would really be like. Yeah. Paternal assholes. Just yeah. do it yourself, you cunt. Yeah. There needs to be more of it. Can I say from, from someone who, you know, has been involved in, like, animal rescue and, like, cat rescue, all the amount of times a day people are just like, oh, oh, there's a cat with a home. Come fix it. You fix it. All right, we're fixing thousands of them. Oh, if you don't come get it, it's going to die. Because you're not going to do anything. You do something. You be the goddamn hero. <laughs> anyway, that's my TED Talk for today. It's pretty good. Oh, just just stop. <gasps> the only TED Talk delivered from a bus stop. Oh. <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> yeah, pricks. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. I don't want to harp on and take all the... But I had a really exciting experience the the other night. I texted you about it. You did? Okay, so I believe that there is some kind of, I don't know, spirit, entity, life form in the house where I'm living at the moment. Just now, before we go any further, mm-hmm. because you did text me about this very late at night. <laughs> There's two people that text me stuff very late at night. Uh-huh. You, who texts me this stuff, and yeah. another friend of mine who texts yeah. text me her sex life in graphic detail. Uh-huh. But, so between these two texts, mm-hmm. my phone is fucking hot property. Yeah. 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 They, well, there's your next, There's your book right there. <laughs> between two persons. You've just got to combine the two together. Mm. Um, oh, my Lord. No, mine actually happened to me at 5.55 a.m. Okay, so I've, I've not, there's something in my house. Like I felt it like when I first got there, like before my furniture had arrived, it started to get late. I suddenly, you know, I got this feeling, you know, it was checking me out. Like, who are you? What the, 
you know. So when you first moved into your new house, you felt a presence? Yeah, before I'd even, like, moved in. Right. And, you know, sometimes I will, like, out of the corner of my eye, I see, like, a flicker of, like, movement. And I know mm-hmm. I live with my cats, but my cats are on me. And just, you know, just sometimes you feel... Yeah. That there is a presence. You get the heebie-jeebies. Well, it's not so much the heebie-jeebies, like, because I'm just, um, I'm chill with it. Okay. You know, like, they're not like a threatening, creepy, you know, it's not an angry ghost or anything. Okay. Sometimes it, I feel it's looking disprovingly at me when my house is really untidy, but, you know. Your, your dad did die recently, didn't he? <laughs> is, is it him? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Liz. <laughs> Oh my god! No, because the ghost of my dad would be trying to root the like the hot chick next door. Because <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was truly a root rat. Oh, he was such a root rat. No, so you know, so I'm just it's there, whatever. You know, it doesn't. You do your thing, I do my thing. You know, we carry on. Yeah. But it, okay, so when I go to bed, I have my phone near the bed in case like sex offenders break in. You've got to have your phone, so you know you can call the popo. Yeah. You know. So, but what I do is I turn it, so I switch the Wi-Fi off and I put it to no messaging. So I can't get any messaging. I can't get any alerts. Yeah. So I can sleep through the apocalypse. Right. right. Okay. So you got to sleep through those first couple of days. That's the, that's my key to that's survival. Key, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't get, I don't get any messages. I don't get any updates or anything. So in the morning when I turn it on, it's all blah, blah, blah. So I don't get anything once... I'm in bed. Oh, that's a sad statement. <sighs> but at 5.55... I'm I, turning that into a meme. <laughs> now that we've got video, that's just going to be a meme. Story of my life. Yep. So at 5.55, I get woken up by a voice, like a woman's voice, talking to me, like, r- really quickly. And I'm like, ah, ah. You, you just... It just... As loudly, and it's just right by my bed. And I'm like, what the... And I wake up and I realise it's my phone. Right. And my phone is speaking in a woman's voice, but it's just repeating the same thing over and over and over. And it's just the same message over and over and over. And I look at my phone and I'm like, what? And I'm trying to... And I sweep down the thing. It's still on no notifications, no Wi-Fi. So how is something getting to it if there's no Wi-Fi? And it's just this same message, just this same woman who I don't know, just saying the same thing over and over and over again. I'm like, ah, and I'm trying and pressing all these buttons on my phone to make it stop. And it won't stop. It just keeps going and going and going for over like a minute. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy kind of thing. This is the message I received from my ghost. Because it's not uncommon. We know that ghosts, you know, often will use like, you know, um, untuned radios to, you know, say a message. My message was... Right. There's gay and there's a special kind of gay. There's gay and there's a special kind of gay. There's gay and there's a special kind of gay. There's gay and there's a special kind of gay. Just over and over wow. and over. And I'm just there and I'm looking at it and it's exactly like 5.55am. And I'm like... An hour before the number of the beast. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, thanks for coming out, but I 
come out in the morning. Like, uh. so finally had to literally just turn the phone off to get it to stop. Yeah. Went and peed and then came back and went back to bed and catched a couple of more hours. Holy shit. So, yeah, my ghost came out to me the other night. Oh, did you have a party and give it a little hug and say, I, I love you no matter what? I feel, well, you know what? It's, I do, because. <laughs> I'm Googling this to see if it actually comes from something. No, because I'm like, um, because I'm like really lazy. I've just had all these piles of of like clothing um, just on the floor that is just keeping the cupboard doors open. Yeah. So I like to think I've just, I've helped this ghost come out of the closet. Right. Yeah. Just there's gay and there's a special kind of gay. I don't know what the special kind of gay is. Well, it's a 1950s euphemism for, so so why why is it Jenny that you live with, with Lucinda <laughs> and you're, you're just roommates? What's going on? So you think like it was the it was the fifties because of course everything you know everything was happy everything was yeah. gay but they were the special kind of gay. <gasps> it could be because I do get like an old sort of like Greek woman vibes from the ghost. So <gasps> oh my god, what I reckon I reckon it might have been because there's no quote popping up. No, and it, like I wasn't I wasn't. I wasn't watching a video that was saying that or anything even like remotely like that, like before I went to bed. So it was just, it was just the most random phrase. That is really random because I'm thinking like maybe it was something tied to a movie that we've looked mm-hmm. up or because, you know, it's, it's your phone basically doing how from 2001 days. Just yeah. synapses firing. Like the, sh- the shit I've researched on that phone for this podcast. Yeah, that phone needs to be burned. We've discussed this. We, like, yeah, we have protocols. Yeah. It's like it's gonna be like Mr. Robot Mr. Robot. Where we put like it in the microwave and <laughs> Yeah, that and the computer. Yeah, oh my god, hundred so percent. Speaking of broken, I was about to say Mr. Roboto, like the stick song. <laughs> Mr. Roboto <laughs> Arigato beep, beep, beep. Mr. Roboto, Roboto Porn <laughs> Oh when I burn this phone, the porn ghosts are gonna come out of this thing. Like they've shut off the Ghostbusters matrix, just <laughs> just Nina Hartley and Angela White. <laughs> oh my god! Wasn't that something? Because I was like, I've been saying to everyone, like, oh, you know, I need to get you know a new a new phone because obviously this is so cracked, I can't read anything. But yeah. Maybe I need to keep it, or maybe we just need to keep it for like ghost busting encounters. Because- I think so. <laughs> Bring out the ghost busting phone. <laughs> just comes out of like a thing of liquid nitrogen with steam still coming off it, holding Wind it in it tongs. Up. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like the old uh, pedal-powered uh, school of the air. Oh, my God. But I, it's, it was a very beautiful moment between me and a ghost. And so I think everyone out there, you know what? I'm I'm glad that they could finally find the freedom to be themselves, yeah. you know, and to come out. It's just sad that it had to wait till they were dead. Oh, it is. You know, just think of all that pussy they missed out on. Oh, can you imagine how much lesbian pussy there is in heaven? Oh. Heaps of nuns. Mm. They've, they've been very good during life. Oh, my God. It's going to look like a Chris Cooper fucking <laughs> art studio in there. Just legs behind heads and demons. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Nice. Because that's, that's always been one of the things about, like, if you go to heaven because you've been good on earth. Like, the yeah. things you want to do are the shit that you couldn't do. Mm, mm. Oh, mate. Oh, it gives new meaning to the term rainbow bridge. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. 
So if she's had that moment with you where she can finally find peace and then disappears like the army of the dead in Lord of the Rings. I know. <sighs> Although there was... I'm going to semaphore. <sighs> there, was a, there was a part of me that got like really annoyed where I'm just like, well, everyone stop assuming I'm a lesbian. Stop camouflaging as one. <sighs> <laughs> That's why we get along. I thought you were gay. You and every other fucker on the planet, man, woman, and child, and now ghost. (laughs) Alive or dead, everyone is just, oh, look at that lesbian go. I'm not a lesbian. Isn't it nice, though, that the ghost chose to come out to you? Yeah, I know, but it's It's not as good as that Gerard Butler cock I'd like to be, like, waking me up at (laughs) 5.55 a.m. in the morning, but sure. You're on notice, Gerard Butler. (sighs) You'll get Gerard Depardieu instead. Oh, my God. I'd kick him into my hole. (laughs) This is Cooch. (laughs) Just an endless drop. (laughs) Oh, my God. Surprisingly warm. (laughs) I'm surprisingly oiled. (laughs) Oh. What? Nothing. Just, oh, I wasn't expecting that it's, while I was drinking. It's beautiful. They're self-lubricating. I know it? that. God. Automotive engineers really should make a car out of vaginas. So you never, ever had to grease joints. and You just had to know how to talk to it and cook it dinner occasionally and listen to its conversations. And you'd never, ever have to worry about lubrication. I think I think our age guy get tried. Yeah. We discussed this to make the clitty clitty bang bang. Yeah. Yeah, or that machine in, in Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. Oh, no, don't go on about that. You're obsessed. Uh, don't look it up. I'm not obsessed with that film. I'm not obsessed with that film. You are obsessed with it. I've, okay, so in my life, I've been I've, probably the most formative moments I've ever had have been alone watching real late night TV when I'm just like, I'm not going to sleep. So one of them, a really good one was I grew up listening to like death metal, like grindcore, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Really had no time for The Cure. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at these guys dressed up in some country bogan, right? One night, I've just got nothing to do. I've got mm-hmm. a heap of weed. Start mm-hmm. smoking bongs. Mm-hmm. On comes the Rage special. Rage in Australia being basically MTV, but good. The Rage special on yes. The Cure. Uh huh. It's like oh, I'll watch one or two of these before I find something else to do. Six in the morning comes. I've sat through maybe forty videos. I'm a rabid fan. Absolutely huge on The Cure now. Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain mm. did the opposite of that. I was into weird art films. Yes. And then I sat through that piece of shit and then I threw my shoe at the television like I was an Iraqi journalist with finally getting to ask questions of George Bush. Yep. I was just like, never again, you fucking crazy asshole. This is the worst. Can't believe Frank Zappa was in this shit. Oh my God, thank God. If only we can we can like get more people to admit that like these art films are shit. Some of them are fucking shit. Oh. Everyone's like, oh, can you imagine what his Dune would have been like? Yeah, an unwieldy fucking eight-hour mess. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? It starts with admitting Stanley Kubrick ain't all that. Oh, he's got like two good films. You know what the problem is? Parts of his films are really good. Yeah. The rest. Oh, come on. If you had to take two of his films, which ones are they? No, I don't want to take two of his films. I want to take parts okay. of some of his films, but then edit everything else. Because, fuck, he can waffle on. He can. Oh. For the record, 
2001 Full Metal Jacket. That's the only two I'd keep. No. Oh, Doctor Strangelove. Oh, yeah. Doctor, I'd keep Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd keep bits of The Shining. Yeah. Edit a lot of it. A lot of that is, is Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, Full Metal Jacket, I'd make two different films. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just, I don't, it's just, it needs to be two different films which need to be done properly. Okay. As, as opposed to... That's actually like, a really valid criticism I've never heard. Mm. That, yeah, so it cuts off after Goma Pyle kills mm-hmm. Lee Ermey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a whole film and that should have just ended that there. It was like, stop, keep trying to force points on us. Yeah. Ugh. I'm not there in a movie to like be a better person. <laughs> I don't come here to think. <laughs> Where do you do that? Let's meet. <laughs> the old Bill Hicks quote. I want to like see shit explode and, you know, like meet Vulcans and think about socialistic capitalism. <sighs> Fair enough. Look at Gerard Butler. Yeah. Oiled. <laughs> waiting. <sighs> That's you. <laughs> In your bedroom like a trapdoor spider. <laughs> that phone next to your bed's not to call the cops. You've got a fucking playlist ready to go. Waiting for the ghost of Gerard Butler to float in like the woman in black. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> gotcha. Ouch. He's going to get trapped in that box so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> that puzzle box has got centibites in it. We're dragging you to hell. The hooks come out. There you go. Oh, my God. I have such cat-driven pleasures to show you. <laughs> oh, my God. I am aware that, like, even I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to make the wildest love of my life to Gerard Butler. I'm aware that, like, there will also be like a couple of cats like in the room and I'm going to have to get up at one stage and be like, oh, just put them outside the room. It's weird. They're looking. From experience at our age, take a magnesium supplement before. Otherwise, (laughs) you're stopping for a cramp. (laughs) Oh, my God. I get cramps watching 300, let alone like the sexual, like, oh, my God, repertoire that is to follow. Nothing ruins the mood like having to suddenly jump up and grab the door frame because you've got a cramp in your back. Just going, hang on. Oh. I've got to like It's like what is this guy into I know That's why I'm not swinging around that pole anymore Oh (laughs) my god Oh my god I have to put all my vitamins down To pick up the dollar bills (laughs) Oh Sad Sad but true Alright Well you know what What's that (laughs) Speaking of You know Having a Having your evening not turn out exactly as you planned. Yeah. That's so weird. That kind of brings us to the topic of this week, would you believe? I would. Oh, my God. Like, what are the chances? Oh, my Lord. All right. Let me take you back. In 1976, women were fighting for equal rights. Yeah. Equal pay. Yeah. And equal respect. Oh, no. They had to deal with small salaries and even smaller men with even smaller pockets and even smaller dicks. (laughs) That was like the reverse of in a dark, dark house in a dark, dark wood. (laughs) Women just wanted to be paid fairly for their day's work and not get mauled by some handsy asshole in the workplace. Turns out, women weren't just fighting for their rights nine to five. 
as three women from Liberty, Kentucky were about to find out when they would spend their evening fighting off alien grab-ass in the skies above Kentucky, all on Mona Stafford's 36th birthday. God damn, Mona, what a night. In this week's episode of Abducted 925, what a way to make a living. <laughs> now, the three women that we're going to be talking about tonight, yeah. I just I have to show you something because as soon as I saw the picture of these women, straight away, all right. No, don't look. Don't look at all my... I, I printed so much. Okay. Here are the three women that we will be talking about tonight. Louise, Eileen, and Mona. Oh, wow. They look very much like they are some of Manson's followers. Or extras in Jaws. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm sorry. Tell me they're not the cast of 9 to 5. Oh, wow. They Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Tell me someone didn't see that and go, looking at if I bam. Maybe some aliens were a fan of the film. Like Oh, but come on, who gets to be Dolly Parton in that trio? Dolly Parton. That's Mona, the young the youngest of the trio. God damn Dolly Parton. Uh, Forget your Marilyn Monroe, it's all about Dolly. What I want to know is what the fuck was Jolene bringing to the table if Dolly Parton couldn't compete? Damn, girl! You know she's got full sleeve tattoos? Yes. Yeah. Bless her. I know, she's good. I know. Oh, that time machine, trust me, Hitler would have to wait. <laughs> I'd be going back to 1960s Mississippi. I've got some titties to bounce on, Lord. <laughs> I do. I'd have to show her the time machine like Bill and Ted. Like, I have this, I'm going to kill Hitler. Yeah. but First of all. But, yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of charity work in the future. I'm here to collect. <laughs> I'm from the future. What, you're there for a charity? Yeah, a charity route. Come <laughs> uh, with me. I'm your charity route for the future. <laughs> oh, God. You have to say it in that voice. Come with me if you want to be disappointed. Oh, Lord. Crazy, crazy times. But yeah, so those are our three heroines okay. of tonight's adventure. A little bit of UFO alien work just for you. Thank you. It was January the 6th, 1976. Okay. Louise Smith was a 44-year-old widow and mother of two. She worked as an extension assistant... For the Casey County Extension Office. What do you think an extension assistant does for the county? Uh, I'm guessing she works on the telephone exchange, connecting people via telephone numbers to the people they want to speak to in the organisation. Wow, sexist, sexist. Her job involved (laughs) travelling to the homes of local residents, teaching them about gardening and nutrition, as well as how to cook and preserve food. What the, Nothing in her job title says that. <laughs> nothing. Extension assistant. Extension assistant. Clearly. What's well, a clear extension of the fucking truth? You're extending the life of your vegetables. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's a kind of a cool job. 
That's a great job, but you fucking lured me in. They need it today. Oh my god, there's a lot. I'd love, I'd love someone to come to my house and just teach me how to like teach you how to like can your pickles. That's what YouTube's for. It's not the same. Temperature. That's all it is. Oh, Europe temperature. Acid- acidity and temperature. That's all it is. <laughs> you're you're cooling this temperature. Yeah. You're not so <laughs> lubed up now, are you? Hey. You'll say to Dolly Parton in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Working nine to five right now. (laughs) So she had finished work for the day and she was at the service station filling her car with petrol. Yes. Mona Stafford, that's the Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh, So Louise Smith in this circumstance, I think, is Jane Fonda. Okay. yeah. Yeah, she's the one who looks like Jane Fonda. And Dolly Parton pulls up. Mona Stafford, a divorced mother of one who worked part-time as a secretary for her father who owned the trailer park where she lived, pulled into the gas station. That's the most Dolly Parton shit I've ever heard. I know. Wow. <laughs> Louise had only known Mona for a few weeks. But Mona was great friends with Louise's dear friend, Elaine Thomas, who was a 48-year-old housewife and mother of one. Okay. Louise asked Mona if she would come to her house and help her with a coat. She had been sewing but could just not get the collar right. We've all been there. I'd love to make my own pants, but I could never get the crutch right. Yeah, no. No. Homemaker, I failed. Ugh. At about 8pm, Elaine Thomas dropped by Louise's house and the three women chatted away. At about 9pm, the woman discovered that it was, in fact, Mona's birthday. Right. Poor Mona, she's just been in a trailer park taking care of everyone else. Where's Mona's big day? This is 100% Dolly Parton. <laughs> Upon discovering this, Louise suggested that the three women should drive to Redwood's Restaurant in Lancaster, approximately 35 miles or a 45-minute drive away, for a late dinner and a bit of a birthday celebration. It was a nice restaurant and the only one that would be open late in the area. Right. Louise Smith offered to drive, so everyone piled into her 1967 Cherry Nova and they headed to dinner. Nice. Yeah. These sound like good peeps. They do. Good peeps. The women enjoyed a delicious meal and completely strangely to me, which is, this is the first bit that makes me doubt their story. Okay. They did not have any alcoholic beverages. Why does that make you doubt their story when they're Dramatic literally pause. more sober witnesses? You never trust people who don't drink. You, you clearly don't trust me. I rest my case. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> so, wow. Just because these people didn't drink, that's Cl- it. Yeah, clearly I'm doubting there. I was like, I believed it every bit up until now. And I'm like, they're not telling you a story. They're not telling you a story about how they snuck into Aerosmith <laughs> and met Steve Tyler afterwards. Like, they're fucking... Okay. Go to a restaurant on your birthday. Someone else is driving and you don't treat yourself fine. Okay. Fucking terrorist. (laughs) Jesus. 
Uh, I would be in the other trailer park. I'm fucking calling fucking FBI on you, you fucking sober cunt. Oh. I just got fucking 11 years of sobriety triggered. (laughs) The woman left the restaurant and headed back to Liberty at approximately 11.15pm, which meant they should arrive home by midnight. Louise drove, obviously. Mona sat in the middle of the front seat and Elaine Thomas, Lily Tomlin, sat in the passenger seat. Right. So all in the front. It was one of those big old cars, you know, back in the day, back yeah. in the 70s. At Stanford, Kentucky, the women turned off Highway 27 and onto Highway 78, where they continued the journey. Just outside of Stanford, the women suddenly saw a bright red object streaming across the sky, which Mona's first thought was that it was an airplane on fire falling through the sky about to crash. Wow, okay. And it seemed to be hurtling to the road up in front of them. As it came closer, the three women could see the object clearer. It was a metallic grey disc that had a dome that glowed on the top. Okay. A row of red lights moving around the middle of the object and red and yellow lights glowed from beneath the craft. The woman drove forward to within a hundred yards of the object. It stretched across the road in front of them, hovering. It was larger than two houses combined. Okay. A blue beam of light was projected downwards from the middle of the craft onto the road below. The craft seemed to rock back and forth for a few seconds and then it took off to the left (laughs) until it disappeared from view. Speaking of reliable witnesses, you had to think about which way is left. Drink up. (laughs) The woman kept driving. saying as long as the driver is sober okay yeah the job's done mate fair enough doesn't mean she's gonna ruin everybody else's time anyway yeah so he went left uh, uh, the woman drove for about a quarter of a mile excuse me when a blue light shone through their back window no for a moment moment reasoned it was the flashing lights of a police car But the women quickly realised it was the flying object from before. Who the fuck sees a UFO Mm. and then sees lights in their back window and goes, oh, no, it's the cops. White people. Uh, No, black people. (laughs) (laughs) No, that really would be a police car. Yeah, it really would be cops. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's a UFO. It's white people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Louise, excuse me, Louise felt the wheel retch from her hands as if an unseen force had taken control of the steering the car began to speed up faster and faster even though louise's foot was not on the accelerator regardless the car reached 85 miles per hour elaine shouted for louise to slow down to make the point louise waved her foot in the air (laughs) Oh. 
<laughs> oh, oh, those pole skills are long gone. <sighs> that could be you, Gerard. <laughs> be that flat chair. Oh, I got hit by a car. <laughs> I'm not as mobile as I used to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Louise waved her foot in the air and stated, I don't have my foot on the accelerator and I can't stop it. Louise and Mona both attempted to turn the steering wheel together, but they could not regain control of the vehicle. As the beam's blue light washed the inside of the vehicle, all the lights on the car's engine lit up, which would normally indicate the car had stalled, yet the car kept moving at a breakneck pace. The strange object flipped on its side and moved alongside the vehicle. Then the object pulled in front of them. Louise describes the vehicle began to filled with, quote, a haze-like air, a sort of fog. Right, so it's Cheech and Chong time. Yes. <laughs> this, again, would have been me in the back. Yeah. Thanks for driving, my man. All three women's eyes were hit with an intense burning sensation, an intense pain in their heads. The women could not see, but they felt a bump and the car suddenly came to a stop. Then the whole vehicle jerked back sharply. Oh. And the women blacked out. Oh, Jesus, okay. The next thing they saw, what felt like was only a few seconds later, they were on a brightly lit road on Highway 78 on the outskirts of Houstonville's, which was only eight miles from where they were. A few seconds ago. So eight miles. Okay. They finished the small part of their trip quickly to Louise's trailer park home. Stepping inside, the clock said it was 1.20 a.m. Their 45-minute drive had taken them 125 minutes. Oh. 80 minutes could not be accounted for. The women were shocked as they looked at each other. All of their exposed areas of skin looked as if they were severely sunburnt. Mm. <laughs> I could get if that was me drunk. I would have been like, alien! <laughs> <laughs> sunburnt titties. <laughs> God damn it. Now you know why Dolly Parton always keeps them covered. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So they were severely sunburned and they discovered all three of them had what looked like a cigarette burn on the back of their necks. Definitely abducted by rednecks. Dude. That's really rough. Dude. Don't put your cigarette out on the earthlings. No. That shit ain't cool. Definitely not Vulcans. It's her birthday, not yours. Yeah. Definitely Cardassians. (laughs) Their eyes were still red and sore. Louise Smith went into the bathroom. She noticed that the hands of her watch were spinning at an unusually fast pace. Louise turned on the cold water to splash water on her face, but unfortunately quickly discovered that water caused even more intense pain to her face, her hands and her eyes. Confused and afraid, Mona went next door and woke up her neighbour, Mr. Lowell Lee. 
Right. Tell me you're in the south without <laughs> telling me you're in the south. I'm lowly. Lowly. <laughs> The women told him what had happened. Lee had the three women sit separately and draw what they had seen in the sky. What kind of freak does that? Not how, not what, not my first. No. What does Lao Lee do? Oh my God, quickly, we've just been, oh my God, the invasion's begun. We've just been molested by an alien. Could you maybe draw what happened for me, ladies? <laughs> Separately. Maybe you want to slip into a bathrobe. (laughs) Do it. So, yeah, he made them draw him weird porn at like 1.20 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He noticed that the pictures were almost identical. Okay. That's what happens from trauma. Yeah. They phoned the police who told them to phone the local Navy office. The Navy? The Navy. Okay. Because when you've got aliens landing in the middle of Kentucky. My, my American geography is not great. Is Kentucky landlocked? It's landlocked by fried chicken, I think. <laughs> I think it's landlocked. <laughs> Why have they got a Navy? But neither... Oh, God, we're going to get angry letters from the Navy. <laughs> they can't write. Kentuckians. Just spell it out with jizz. <laughs> <laughs> so they contacted the local Navy office, but neither group showed even the slightest curiosity in the events described by the three women. No shock there. Mm. Later, I think I was I think I was molested by redneck, and now I'm drawing an image of it for my very single neighbour in his trailer home. <laughs> It's just quietly click. <laughs> it's lonely enough on this boat without that image in my mind. Later that morning, the other two women returned to their homes. The strangest side effect was waiting for Louise at home. Oh dear. Even weirder than the pervert neighbour. When she arrived home, her pet parakeet who would normally welcome her happily. This morning, her parakeet recoiled in fear. The bird became so distressed, it almost hurt itself attempting to flee from the opposite side of the cage. Wow, okay. Away from me, bitch! All three women would each night suffer terrible nightmares. Waking terrified in a cold sweat, but unable to remember the dreams. Mona's eyes were the worst affected of the three ladies. She was shorter. I think she was down closer to it. (laughs) She sought help from her regular physician who diagnosed her as having severe conjunctivitis. Wow. He prescribed her an ointment to put onto her eyes, but that only made her eyes burn more. Oh, wow. Louise Smith's bedroom clock stopped working the second she touched it. Okay. Oh, my God. This is like some reverse Yuri Geller shit. No, I just, 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 you'd be picking up vibrator after vibrator, just like, fuck, fuck. Oh, like King Midas, but without no, with unable to wank. Oh, you could have a million dollars, but no vibrator you shall ever touch. 
hopefully you get Gerard Butler in. You'd have to, you'd have to go full analog, <laughs> like something that's powered by like a water wheel. It's made of timber. <laughs> oh my god, one of those like eighteen hundred ones, which we are going to do an episode on the history of the vibrator. Yeah, but some of them are like genuinely like steam powered, yeah. like ring ding 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 ding. <laughs> I call this one the James Watts Fuckatronic. <laughs> Come with me if you want to be disappointed. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So her bedroom clock stopped working and her pet parakeet continued to be terrified of her. Oh, man, that's a hell of a side effect. <laughs> no, nobody expects that. I have a that. disinterested parakeet. Oh. My bird is indifferent. <laughs> no! You may take my life, but never take my parakeet's feelings. <laughs> oh, my God. How? Yeah, no, that's the worst tragedy so far. Yeah, so far. Yeah, poor little parakeet. Oh, Lord. So it's still not happy. It doesn't want to come anywhere nearer. All women also had an insatiable thirst. (laughs) Maybe I've been abducted. Rationalise your problem any way you wish. Dramatic pause. Yeah. I lost a bunch of time. I mean, I'm a blackout drunk, but I don't know how it happened. Yeah, my aliens. Aliens, definitely. My car stopped working. You didn't service it. That's what. That's what's happening. I woke up in ditch. Oh my god, I'm feeling very attacked by this story right now. Uh, Especially because I know the sentence and stuff that's about to come. Uh-huh. All women had an insatiable thirst for water. Losers. Yeah. And oh no, it's not me. All three lost weight. Louise's car started malfunctioning. <laughs> From electrical problems. Oh, no. Has she got a 99 Celica as well? <laughs> why would it run? You haven't put oil in it since Silverchair were a band. That's why. No, apparently I put too much oil in it. Oh, God. He told me, like, they had to, like, when they were draining it, they had to get, like, a second bucket. He was like, we've never seen anything like it. (laughs) Your car was thinking of Gerard Butler, too. Like, I was putting the oil in and it just kept taking it. So I'm like, that's... Did you use the dipstick? Yeah, but that's at a different bit. Yeah. There's two. You've got one for your gearbox and one for your engine. Were you looking at the gearbox one while you were... Are they not the same thing? I was wondering no. how it got up there. I'm always the second one. The second one goes to your, your automatic transmission. The fluid is red, smells like a bushfire. Oh, and no, I've never topped that up. Okay, well, that's good. Okay. But did, were you checking that one while you were topping up the engine? Well, I knew it was there. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> So it had electrical problems. Yes, it does. They could not be solved. <laughs> uh, her wristwatch, which she had been wearing that night, continued to move unexplainably. Oh, no. With the minute hand spinning at the speed of a second hand. That would be great for work. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Down my eight hours. What can I do? What can I do? That would be really good if you were disappointing in bed. Oh. oh, my God. I fucked you for like five minutes. No, 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 because it moves quicker. That's what I mean. It would look like five minutes when it was really about 30 seconds. Drink up. No, no, no. But that's, no, no, 
it's the other way. No, so if it's spinning really quickly, yeah. it looks like more time is elapsing. Yeah. Therefore, if you're a disappointingly short route. Ah, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, have more of your Kentucky fucking university degree there. Get out of my trailer park. Oh, my God. Someone from the Navy office gave the details about the incident to the Lexington TV station. Oh, that's not sporting. And the story was then picked up and the women found themselves on the news and in the paper State National International. All three women, although approached multiple times, were extremely reluctant at first to tell their story to the press, or anyone else for that matter. Yeah. But Jerry Black of MUFON convinced the women to discuss their ordeal with him. Yeah. All three women were suffering from anxiety as well as still experiencing physical pain. Now, at this point, we do need to stop and just clarify something. Mm. MUFON Mm. is not a tabloid sensationalist organisation. They are legitimate scientific observers. A lot of them are just citizens Mm -hmm. who get trained up by MUFON, but they're they're legitimate. They They do legitimate scientific investigation. They're not about proving stuff. They're about disproving and documenting. So this guy getting them to speak is not like, hey, tell your story and I'm going to publish this in like a fucking tabloid mag. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. because MUFON is a, is a credible organisation. Thanks, nerd. <laughs> Louise's pet parakeet. Its feelings never subsided. And two months after the event, Louise's healthy pet parakeet dropped dead. Oh. Presumably from stress. Oh. It's bleeding demised. Dr... Ah, Leo Sprinkle. Ah, Leo Sprinkle. Ah, Leo Sprinkle. That's amazing. I wonder if he's related to Annie Sprinkle. I don't know, but he feels like he should be the lead singer of ELO. (laughs) Turns out he was a doctor from the University of Wyoming. Oh, hello. He contacted the ladies and attempted to persuade them to go under hypnotic regression. On March the 7th, 1976, almost two months to the day after the event, Dr. Sprinkle. Can you imagine if we got Dr. Creamy and Dr. Sprinkle together? Oh, no. The wondrous sights they'd have to show us. (laughs) He could stuff it up, Dr. Creamy, and then Dr. Sprinkle would make you forget about it. Exactly. Then you wake up with conjunctivitis, but it's not conjunctivitis. (laughs) How does my pussy get conjunctivitis? (laughs) Conjunctivitis of the pussy. Oh my god! But like, if you could conjunct us in your eye, you know what that means? Someone hasn't washed their hands after the anal probe. Yeah, exactly. They've just. It was her birthday. <laughs> there is still time to run a cloth over it. There really right? is. Yeah, keep just, some wet wipes, boys. Just wash that thing. Don't. No. It's always time for a horse bath. Pretty sure aliens are up with um, hygiene. Apparently not. They're yeah, true. Apparently they don't understand. What's up the butt? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I feel like there's a tagline there. We've got to work on that. Up in the butt. Don't poke it in your eye. Oh, don't. 
if you touch the golden, if you touch the chocolate pie, don't put it in your eye. And we need like Smokey the Bear <laughs> telling us this. I think that's good advice. If you touch the chocolate pie, don't put it in your eye. Yeah. Have you taken the bus to Brown Town? Well, make sure you wipe your boots before you come home. <laughs> before you touch that welcome mat. Exactly. <sighs> oh, Lord. Change condoms in between, kids. <laughs> so almost two months to the day after the event, Dr. Sprinkle put the three women under their first hypnotic regression. Okay. After all the media attention, the local police also decided to look into the report. Okay. And in July of 1976, Detective James Young... Oh, yeah. ...of the Lexington Police Department gave each of the women a lie detector test in private regarding the experience. The detective concluded that with... with Without any problems or doubts, all three women passed the lie detector test, quote, with no hint of deception. Oh, man. Lie detectors have basically been thrown out. Yeah, Yeah. but this was the 70s, you know, so it was the be-all. Yeah, you may as well do the bloody Scientology thing where you put your hands on there and they ask Mm. questions. You have a disposable income. (laughs) You're not telling a lie, but your Phaeton count is through the roof. (laughs) Later that evening and all through the next day, Dr. Sprinkle dove deeper into the women's minds via hypnotic regression. Would you like to know where the hypnotic regression sessions took place? Well, the fact you're even asking me this question tells me it's somewhere deeply inappropriate. The Brown Hotel. (laughs) Is that a euphemism? Is that a euphemism for chocolate pie touch your eye? The Brown Hotel. <laughs> but you can never leave. Is that? I was so dubious to click on the link to when it said the Brown Hotel. I was going to be like, this is going to take me to something that I can never <laughs> um, see. No, because Dr. Sprinkle was coming from out of town and he chose to stay at Brown Town. Was it his birthday? <laughs> the hotel. <laughs> I mean, it is it is like, you know... Part Anal, of, the function centre. It, it is Kentucky. Like, sure, maybe Browntown is some horrible post-slavery encampment where they, oh. where they just dumped a few slaves. I don't know. I, it, was, it was... Okay, it wasn't Browntown. It was just... It was the Brown Motel. Brown Motel. Brown Motel. Because you can only visit on your birthday. Maybe if you buy drinks... And do the housework. You only stay once a month when she's on her period. <laughs> Sorry, the Red Hotel's closed. You'd have to stay up the road in that brown town. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. If you own a brown motel, let us reach <coughs> out at realmothman at gmail.com. We'll do a shout out. Yeah. On your birthday. <laughs> Under the hypnotic regression sessions in Browntown, the three women said that after they had felt the bump in the car, the jolt was them being dragged by some sort of tractor beam 
and they were taken on board the flying object that they had seen. And once on board, all three women were physically examined by shadowy figures that resembled what we now recognize as four-foot grey aliens with jagged hands. Oh, no. That's, you get that's it. you get stuff cut in the corners. Yeah, did they at least do that thing like where they warm their hands up? A bit of that. Yeah. Maybe sit on their hands for a little bit so they're nice and warm. No. Yeah. The women's bodies were held down by an unseen force field. The women's bodies were repeatedly scanned, and all three women reported a different experience of yeah. what was done to them. One woman was put into a room. Uh, by herself and she had what felt like a collar put around her neck that simulated choking her oh another woman was held down and her limbs were bent to weird angles so she could feel the pressure almost as if they were about to snap this does sound like the sleep study i recently did uh the other woman reported that aliens just sat around the table and looked at her I'm going to guess that's the dolly table. Yeah, she got off easy. <laughs> so did they. <laughs> She's the one with conjunctivitis. Oh. <laughs> yes. <coughs> oh, my God. Yes, she was. Just every now and then just goes, make the UFO jiggle a bit. <laughs> oh, God. If only I had visible genitals. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. Louise, Elaine and Mona all reported feeling, oh, God, a warm, strange liquid being applied to their upper body and face. Hence <laughs> the conjunctivitis. Oh, God. Dirty fuckers. All three women claimed that the creatures used telepathy to communicate. Yeah. All three women were still quite physically feeling unwell after the encounter. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't come in peace. Oh, just could you shower enough? Yeah, no, you really couldn't. So this loaded with the stress of what was uncovered during the hypnotic regression, the sessions were halted temporarily. Dr. Sprinkle wrote a report on the incident and what he had learned during the hypnotic regressions in Browntown. Stating, in my opinion, each woman is describing a real experience and they are using their intelligence and perceptivity as accurately as possible in order to describe the impressions which they obtained during the hypnotic regressions sessions. It's pretty good Freud. Dr. Sprinkle also agreed that he would only release his report once all three women agreed for him to do so. Right. The press attempted to run stories on the incident. Mona wanted to share their story, but Elaine and Louise did not. Yeah. But people were relentless. Yeah. And I've actually got some of like the articles that were done about them. When the press was doing such subtle photos as these. Wow. 
if you want to show that to your listeners. Leak. That looks like the end of Mandy. (laughs) Could it just make them look more culty? No. And you're like, we're the victims. We were the ones being abducted and taken to Brown Town. Yeah. And my parakeet. Oh, my Lord. If if you got abducted, would would you tell the press? Yes. I wouldn't tell them shit. Oh, my God. I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't tell fucking anyone. Oh, I'd tell everyone. Really? Yeah. Okay. I tell everyone everything anyway. Why would this be any different? Oh, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Just add some cats in it and then we'll believe it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was it, chasing look. a cat in space. Yeah. If there's not cats, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> but so the papers were relentless and everyone yeah. everyone wanted to write about the three women. One re- person reporting on the incident notes, <sighs> you, I'm going to demonstrate why the other two ladies were maybe not so keen to come out. Yeah. <laughs> One incident notes that Louise, a tall, thin woman, several weeks after the incident had lost 28 of her 125 pounds. Okay. Mona Stafford, unemployed. Oh. Had lost 17 pounds, but as this writing occurred, had regained seven. This is fucking weird. Even in space, being abducted, apparently we now still have to worry about our weight. Yeah. This fucking judgmental fuck. Oh, she lost it. She's put back on seven. Yeah, like they're, like they're bloody show animals. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, fair enough. Did the Dolly Parton one lose any weight? Because she can't. <laughs> you just topple over. <laughs> But what the women did not realise at first was that they were not the only ones to have seen something out of this world that evening. Okay. All within the vicinity of the women's encounter and all in the time frame identified by the three women. An anonymous couple reported to police that they were witnessing a, quote, large luminous object over their house in the area the women witnessed the UFO. Right. Two teenagers who reported that they were driving, not fucking in the back of a Nissan, near the angel manufacturing plant in Stanford. Were they manufacturing angels? (laughs) Brown angels. The couple saw a disc-shaped object in the sky with red and orange lights around the middle in the sky. Six other people phoned the police reporting reddish-orange lights in the sky. Right. Yet by far the most captivating police report comes from a farmhouse owner who lived only yards from where the women claimed to have been abducted and felt the jolt. Right. The owner reported seeing an unidentified object flying low just down the road from his farm and he witnessed a blue beam as it turned on and shot to the ground. The farmer apparently watching the moment Louise, Elaine and Mona were abducted. Excuse me. So it wasn't just them who witnessed it. Right. It was – so there's almost about a dozen other people yeah. who have also witnessed this. We've got – because the ladies enjoyed art, uh, Mona, actually, that's one of her drawings of the moment that the car was abducted. 
Oh, that's actually really cool. And the thing is, obviously, so when this first happened, they didn't know about these other witnesses. It was only later due to further investigations um, that people actually were like, oh, no, hang on. There was actually all these other yeah. calls to the police and the police still were like, Carl the Navy. <laughs> that's some fucking serious abdication, isn't it? Who? I don't know. Call the fucking Navy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe call down to Brown Town, see if I've heard nothing. <sighs> the women's traumatic experience, which haunted them to their graves, was the inspiration for a play. Oh. <laughs> Everything we talk about ends up as a fucking play or a fun run. Yeah. Remember the guy got murdered and his ghost is now the mascot for the fun run? Yeah. Fucking hell. <sighs> Elizabeth Orendorf has written a play called High Strangeness. Oh, wow. High Strangeness. Hang on, is that like high, comma, strangeness as in high strangeness? No. Oh. No. Okay, just high strangeness. Hi. Okay, I reckon it's way better like with a comma. High strangeness. Hi, I'm strangeness. I'm not a There's your player. next merch. Yeah. High strangeness. It's just me looking at a hand I've sat on for 20 minutes. <laughs> Hello, stranger, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to wank with you again. <laughs> and even though you're fucking purple. <laughs> if you go from chocolate pie, <laughs> wash before you reach my eye. <laughs> I really do feel like that's like Gary Busey. That's his next job. Hey, kids. Don't finger your asshole and stick it in your eye. Stick to the script, Gary. We could probably get him to say that on Cameo. He <laughs> was eating a sandwich. And <laughs> plays his guitar. All right. Let's see if we can get a Gary Busey cameo on this one. If we can get Gary Busey to do a cameo where he tells people not to stick <laughs> shitty fingers in their eyes, we have succeeded. This entire experiment. We just wrap up the podcast. Nothing's just, just done. Pinnacle. Shake, shake hands. <laughs> I've washed my fucking hands. Don't trust. I'm going to wake up in two weeks with conjunctivitis. Oh, God damn it. You don't trust me until I drink. Oh. <sighs> Mm. Ah, dramatic pause. Hi, strangeness. These are their words. Is a so it's the most traumatic experience these women ever taken. They yeah. were forcibly abducted, forcibly against their will, examined, probed, choked, poss- choked, possibly jizzed on. Yeah, this is a fucking Tinder date from hell. High strangeness is a humorous, yet sensitive. Oh, I doubt it. Humorous yet sensitive human story of how the three Stanford women dealt with doubting peers and newfound celebrity, as well as how they coped with the after effects of such a powerful yet ultimately unexplained experience. 
Right. It then goes on to explain that, no, 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 this isn't actually how the three women actually dealt with it because she made all of this up. But it's loosely based on, you know, there was an experience and then three women afterwards. Yeah. So something happened and then I just made a bunch of shit up. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. During the run of the show... Okay. So this is in 2012. Oh, what? Okay, this is 2012 this happened. Wow. Okay. Okay, Yep. Because apparently they had done it a couple of years before in 2010, and then they decided to bring it back in 2012. Oh, back by popular demand. During the run of the show, the theatre is inviting audience members... To join them in an open mic session what? on stage Why? during the intermission as well as after the show to share their own stories of alien sightings and abductions. Look, just from a showbiz perspective, that is a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> Nev- I think that's genius. Never give away the talkie stick. Never. I would go to see, like, you're in a little country town. You'd be like, oh, my God, I wonder who's going to show up and be like, yeah, I got taken around town. <laughs> yeah, that- You know you would be there. In Brown Town? No, <laughs> to watch your oh. neighbours admit they got taken, they went to Brown Town. <laughs> like, I would buy the whole front row just for, like, how many bags of popcorn I would bring. Just to be like. Actually, it does sound like a pretty fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mona, the only surviving member of the group of three women, may (laughs) attend at least one performance during the two-week run. Right. So I think they've sent her a ticket. Yeah. She obviously would have gone, fuck you, set it on fire. But they're like, oh, well, she hasn't said no. (laughs) I'd like to see her review afterwards. And I thought my eyes were burning after the UFO. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'd get really catty. Oh, my God, 100%. I had 120 minutes taken from me on the highway in Wyoming, but this really stole some fucking time. Yeah, I wish these minutes were stolen. Oh, my Lord. Uh, So she may attend at least one performance during the two-week run. Mona is in poor health, so the theatre is not sure which night she will be attending. Oh, that's a non-committal, she's not coming shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like me, like like hanging a sign, Gerard Butler may or may not be attending my bed sometime this week. How can you confirm that? Well, I've opened the window slightly and I'm laying here. (laughs) (sighs) Open it and he will come. Oh, Lord. Uh, To all the sex perverts, my window is not open. Um, there's a there. lot of cat hair. A lot of cat hair. A lot of cat hair. And then there's the cats. <laughs> I can kick you into that hole in Sparta. <sighs> so she may, may or not be attending dinner and show $28. Show only $16. What a 
fucking wacky, wacky thing. Dinner and show. Dinner and show. I love dinner and show. Dinner and show is the worst. Uh, you know what? I would try to organise to get like you could get like a like stay away weekend package with the Brown Town Hotel. Yeah, stay in the Brown Town Hotel. Valentine's Day. Oh, this place is shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Gary Busey on the toilet door. <laughs> remember, kids. <laughs> that is not a chocolate on your pillow. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of buying condoms, like, in the bar, you just buy conjunctivitis cream. Oh, blah. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, what, uh, what do you think happened... Uh, to the three lovely ladies of Kentucky. What do you think? Do you think something happened? I think something happened. So it's sober the patriarchy. Oh, fucking. I'll cheese you with the anti-sting spray that you just gave me. <laughs> I don't have anything to drink. No, look, I think uh, I think it being Kentucky, the 1970s, mm. three women who wanted to just go out and celebrate their birthday quietly on a quiet road going home. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they, yeah. Uh, might be close friends. I think maybe they lost a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe had a very good time. Fell asleep under the heat lamp. Woke up. Needed a story. So you're saying the three women engaged in a sexual orgy, burnt themselves on a heat lamp, and then made everything up to keep their special gay love. Because there's, there's gay, and then there's special gay. And then they finally came out to you <laughs> via your phone. Because like I've meat. been researching them all you've been all researching week. this all week. <gasps> Case solved. There you go. Wrapped up. Fucking take that, internet mysteries. Done. <laughs> Case closed. On to the next one. We do need merch that's based on the old Kellogg's uh, cereal special K. Special gay. <laughs> Short skirts are back. Oh, no. Special gay. Mm. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's special gay. <laughs> yeah, I no, look, I, I, I really don't know what to make of it But uh, look, sounds like they didn't have fun So no. why the fuck would you make that shit up? Mm. Yeah Yeah, just a lot of repressed memories They could have just been repressing Kentucky in the 70s yeah. Imagine being the poor person who gets abducted And you don't even get to be like put to the torture devices You're just like While the other aliens are just like yeah. Oh, so you want to maybe? Yeah. No, you're fine. Oh my God! Look at this one. She's amazing. Yeah. Maybe I gotta uh, just sit there. You'll be fine. We'll drop you off later. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Thanks for coming. <laughs> There's always one Bible student at the audience. <laughs> See, I don't know. I just think this is this is the uh, maybe if they'd been drinking, they could have thrown in some like kung fu kicks and this whole like. Yeah. Story could have been different. How do you fight off a grey, though? Space blankets, like the one you're going to give me from the first aid kit. Wrap, yes. Wrap that around your head. Yes. And they'll just go, this dude's fucking crazy. See, I Throw you out the redneck, shoot out the back. Take him to the brown town room. Out you go. Just drop you out over a paddock somewhere. Oh, my God. It's literally how my all my birthdays have to stop ending like this. <laughs> Do you remember the time I got drunk and I was in the middle of the town square and I, got, I climbed onto like the big giant like, 20 foot statue 
Was this in Broken Hill? <laughs> no, it's just in Adelaide. I was too drunk to get there. I'm just like, oh, good you, times. You good climbed time. William Light? No. Colonel it Light. was when they had the giant cockroach. Oh, you, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Oh, that was like two years ago. Holy shit. Oh. This is why you drink on your birthday. Wow. I might have been stuck on a cockroach, but I wasn't fucking taking a brown towel. You've ridden a cockroach or two in your time. We both know that. Oh. I don't want to talk about him. Uh. Excellent. So, yeah, kids, uh, just remember if uh, you're going to have chocolate pie, wash your hands. Before you touch your eye. And remember that real mothmen eat the carpet. Indeed. And there's no no in necrophilia. <laughs> I never have an adaptable catchphrase. Never. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah, no. There's really nothing to it. It's corpse fucking. That's about it. That's all I got. I need a new catchphrase. No, it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I touched my eye! Oh, you can trust me, you're fine. I don't drink. I'm gonna get a conjunctivitis. Not in this house, you know. Mm. Let's end this madness. <laughs>